Welcome to the Art of Appointment Setting Podcast, where we ask today's most successful experts and entrepreneurs to share the most powerful lead generation and appointment setting tactics they use to build their business and grow their revenues. Now your host from the city that never sleeps, New York, is Kwesi Sachi Jinnah. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining the conversation today. This is Kwesi Sechichunai. My guest today is Leo Chanin. Leo is a VP of Strategic Partnerships and Business Development at Unified Field here in New York. Uh, Unified Field helps to translate the knowledge and passion of experts through various forms of interactive technology. And Leo has sold millions of dollars worth of services. In his previous life, he was a senior account executive at several major companies, um, including Xerox, ADP, P. Kalidas Cloud, where he closed high-ticket deals with a lot of different businesses. Ali also has a deep and wide experience in industries including tech, uh, telecommunications, human capital management, cloud-based document management, sales performance management, interactive and experiential design technology and consulting. Uh, formerly based out of Florida, now he's turning to New York. So, Leo, thanks so much for joining the conversation today. You bet, man. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So you and I connected at an event here in New York, and I remember this pretty well because we've had a lot of great conversations after that regarding sales, business growth, personal growth, and so on and so forth. But one of the things that I really find exciting about the conversations we have is that you you really have a smart way of thinking about high-value prospects and how you actually tap into your network to connect with them. And I want us to delve into that a little bit. But before we do that, you've worked in a lot of different industries selling high-ticket items. What have you noticed to be the common thread in all the relationships that you've come across in in the various industries that you've worked in? I mean, point blank, it's are you bringing value to the person that you're talking with? Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people trying to hit up people in many different ways. And I think the most important thing is if, if you don't speak their language, if you don't ask the right questions, and if you, more importantly, if you don't understand their why and the value behind what they would need from you, I, I think you're, you're falling short of the mark immediately um, before you even you know, talk features or benefits or you know, the type of ROI that your company can bring. Fascinating. Value, value is, is so important. I, th- I, th- I think that it's it's one of the words that you know we normally talk about, but we really do not understand. Could you could you throw a little bit more light on you know when you talk about high value conversations or high value prospects and value? What are some of the examples that you found to be extremely helpful in in your journey? Yeah, I mean, value can come in a variety of different ways. Sure, you can show them a value of what your product does, but I still think that falls short of the mark. I think it really, um, really sets value, in, and you do this really well, Quesi, and it's something I've taken from you, and I've noticed really top networkers do this, is they ask, you know, how can I help you achieve maybe a goal, or how can I help foster a network that you have? So giving them something before you ask of something from your own, you know, for them to give to you. So instead of asking for the sale and, Hey, you know, I think this would be great for your business. I think it's really important that you are in service of your network. You do this so well. I mean, in fact, you, you introduced me to a really cool book. I read it and I certainly learned a lot about, you know, what's important in in relationships. And, And the number one thing people want is a, they want value and B they want you to be able to sometimes 
not even necessarily ask for something for your own self, but try to give back to them. And the, the, the best thing I can think of an example would be, hey, if somebody's looking for a contact or a connection uh, with somebody at a company that you happen to be well-connected to, feel free. Give them, the, give them the contact information. Give them a, a warm introduction. And don't really ask much of them uh, beyond that. And, and of course, you know, in due time and, and, and the appropriate amount of follow-up, You'll build a relationship with them, and sometimes it takes time to nurture that. Mm. I, I love the phrase "be in service of your network" because I feel, you know, I know there's a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of fluff out there on the web, but I feel if you're able to give, give, give on a lot of different occasions, you you, you kind of build that credibility that you know people will trust you and know you, and you know they'll. If, if essentially they want to do a business with you. And I bring this up because one of the most practical advices I personally have gotten from relationships is from the book, um, Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. That's a good and one. And it's a really good book. And he he's a big believer in being super strategic in your relationships. And, and I know that you're one of the biggest disciples of that idea. So how important is it to have a strategic mindset when tapping into your network? It's imperative. Uh, and, you know, the common buzz now today is, you know, account-based marketing or account-based sales, ABM, ABS. And the reason why I think it's so popular, why it's gaining traction is because people have realized spray and pray just doesn't work anymore. And so you have to think a little bit more strategically about how you place yourself into what the market. What is spray and pray? Some people might <laughs> Come on, man. Anybody in sales knows that. That's just shooting, shooting off blank, you know, unthought of messages or ways to try to connect with people that have zero value, right? right. So that's why it's important. So, you know, throw spaghetti against the wall, host something sticks. And listen, we all have been, you know, you come to the end of the month and you're end of the quarter and you just, you're, you're maybe a little bit down. Everybody's done it. But with the, the best thing is if you can start practicing and thinking strategically about your network beforehand and segment the people that you reach out to, even in your own personal network, kind of an ABC priority, you will find that, you know, when you nurture each one of those at the appropriate cadences and the, you know, you know, obviously your C's are not going to be, you know, you don't need to, you can put them on a more of an auto cadence and communicate with them every so often, just so they know what your company or what you're doing. Um, you know, maybe send them a white paper once in a while, but your A's, these are the people that you really are honed in that top, you know, hundred accounts that you really understand what they want, what's going to drive their value, who their network is, and maybe, or even, you know, throwing them you know, a little bit of a bonus by introducing them to different people or working their network or asking for introductions or giving them introductions versus even asking them for business right away. And so it's imperative that uh, you think like that. And I think the more that people think that way in terms of their network, I think they'll find that their response rates are even better. This is so good. So if I understand Carly, you're saying that, you know, if you give, given a need, population of prospect or network or contact that you have it's it's so important that you sort of classify them into into different categories of how you can add value to them mm -hmm. and this this leads me to a very important you know question that i have for you uh so i, I know you you you're you know you have a process for that uh but walk us through walk us through the process the step-by-step -step process you have for example if i have a prospect or an account that you know i want to connect with but i do not know this person but i know someone who knows this person what is the process uh, that you have for eventually connecting with this person 
Yeah, so I'll take a you know a play right out of uh, you know, really you could take it right out of LinkedIn, and the the whole value in LinkedIn is that it shows you who you're connected with and who your second and thirty degree connections are, and if there are people. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be LinkedIn, but if there are people that are better connected than I am to somebody that I am trying to connect with that might be on my A-valued high-priority accounts, I have no qualms about asking if, especially if I've nurtured that person that I'm going to connect with, nurtured that relationship to ask for some sort of a warm introduction. And then you can obviously use tools like Sales Navigator to see who else exists in that ecosystem and kind of blow that out and understand, you know, who are the most, you know, common connections that I have with that person. And then obviously, you know, try to have them do the direct introduction. It's a whole lot easier to do so than going in there completely cold. And don't get me wrong, one can definitely cold call an email that it's definitely it. But if you start something, even with a tinge of being a little bit warmer, your success rates are probably double than what it would have been if you hadn't even have had any sort of conversation with them or any sort of connection with them. And, and I mean, one of the one of the things that you, you you just said, which I feel that it's so important, is nurturing relationships before you you sort of you know ask for an introduction or you connect them and you bring up LinkedIn. I feel LinkedIn is a super important tool, but we all know that you know sometimes you get connected people on LinkedIn and immediately you accept. You know they start selling you on something they you know they start trying to get an appointment with you or it's a super aggressive strategy a lot of people use um so i feel that to be able to stand out in in long-term kind of high value conversations you need to build trust and you have done this over and over again as i say look directly to our relationship you know mm -hmm. you and i met at an event and then you were really smart about this and by the way Tracking relationships, if you don't use a CRM for your own personal relationships that you carry, let alone your, your business relationships, I think there's a huge mistake in it because you're the one that told me, hey, pull out PipeDrive and start tracking your relationships and start you know, contacting them. So every interaction you and I had um, you know, just really became something that you tracked and you brought me value. You, I asked, Hey, you think you can give an introduction? And you're like, yeah, man, absolutely. I'll introduce you to this person and this person. And from there, Question, you won me there because from, from that point on, number one, you had nurtured the relationship. You gave trust to me. So it's a sense of just you didn't, you didn't ask for anything other than just to be you know a sounding board and talk about some cool ideas. And then at the end, when you were looking to do some scaling for, for the company, you asked for a little help from me. I was more than willing to give it because you had absolutely shown me 100% value. I love it. So – I think that the biggest takeaway is we need to find a way of building trust before we, especially when we're going after high value uh, prospects, if you cannot tap into your network and you want to do it cold, if you connect cold, you still have to have a system of giving, 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 and essentially, you know, building that form of trust before you can, you can, you know, ask for something. And Leo, I know I'm going to put you on the spot here, but I want you to speak to speak to having a sort of a long term mindset when it comes to building relationships with high value accounts, your A accounts or your B accounts. Uh, it's not a quick fix. You're not going to close a deal in 14 days, or even someone told me that they close deals in 48 hours. I'm like, wow, good for you. But SMB, I want, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I want you. To, to these are enterprise deals yeah. worth over 150k sometimes a million dollars um so i want you to speak to to that a little bit 
Well, you know, a lot of it has to do with number one, the the connect the you know, the relationship you have with the person directly to you, the one that you built value in. But remember, we're just as good as the last relationship that we had. And so especially in enterprise sales, it's super important to befriend and understand the people within that organization, especially in a sales world, right? In a sales capacity. You know, should one person leave or the person that you had a great relationship with end up leaving, well, then you've lost your main coach and stakeholder. So, you know, one of the things that I've been trained in a couple different sales methodologies, and I think the one that I found to be most relevant, especially in the enterprise world, is is Miller Hyman. And they teach about, you know, having stakeholders, coaches, technical users, um, you know, business users. So it's really understanding who the key players are in each one of those sales processes, making sure that you continue to nurture those so that long term, if somebody, your best person leaves, you have relationships in other portions of the business that are consistently there for you. Um, so that in case something happens, you can continue on with that that enterprise relationship. And in fact, there are many companies even now in my current role, we're working with multiple multiple departments because we want to be able to go wide and deep with the relationship. And I think um, the only way you can really go wide and deep in a relationship is appropriately tracking things with tools and nurturing mm-hmm. each one of those relationships and then doing it in a, in a, in a timely fashion and being extremely relevant and bringing value. Again, it really all goes back to the same things because if you bring no value, um, what's the point? And I think even, you know, um, Mark Birch talks a lot about this, you know, from the enterprise sales forum about bringing value to your prospects. In fact, I think he just wrote an article about it today. So I think it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's super important. I mean, it, it, it couldn't be more spot on. So, so let's fast forward the journey, right? So you, you asked for an introduction, you got it. Now you're connected with this new contact. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the first few things you say to this new connection? Well, certainly for somebody was an introduction. It was, Hey, it was a, it's a pleasure to be introduced to you. I've seen you've done this, 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 or worked on this project. And I, I you know, it looks like things are going really well. So tell me a little bit more about other things you're trying to accomplish. I don't want to know, you know, I'm not trying to ask them to buy anything. I'm trying to ask them questions about them. I want to get them talking. And because the more they talk about themselves, the more they perceive that I want to know, you know, what's important to them. And then of course, you know, at the end, when you've earned their respect and their trust, you know, there's, oh, it's okay to then pitch the idea of, Hey, I think knowing your business and doing the research that I did, looking at your 10 Ks, whatever it may be, Here's a place where I've had people say that they had a very similar issue. You know, the feel felt found. And I, I believe that it can bring an absolute value. Are you willing to at least hear me out? You know, don't don't force it upon them. And I feel like a lot of people try to evangelize the idea of, the, you know, just kind of forcing meetings. The more you force meetings and the more they're unwanted, uh, the likelihood that your, your losing rate is going to go up. And maybe your meeting, uh, number of meetings that you take will be higher but it, it won't necessarily equate more revenue. <laughs> right. So what you're saying is once you get introduced to the person, do not try to sell the person on the product. Or not right away, yeah. especially, especially when it comes to enterprise sales. You have to, again, you, you don't understand what their problem is. You have to ask them questions. You have to understand their business. You have to do a fair bit of research of the organization before you even go in. I mean, I can't tell you many times you go in and talk, you know, I've been in companies where, you know, younger reps are 
just immediately going to the punch. So tell, tell me some of the, uh, you know, they, they would talk about more of the technical, tactical issues. You know, how many employees you have? How many is, I mean, and yes, you have, you need these important questions, but this is stuff you can find on LinkedIn. Right. You can do the basic research and not ask, you know, six to eight questions of qualifying questions. Whereas you could just say, Hey, I understand you have about 1500 employees and I understand that you guys made net net, you know, $65 million last year. This is great. But I also read that you're having some issues holding the retention of clients. Here's what I'm seeing. Does this make sense to you? You know, like, you know, always check back with them, show them that you did the research and the fact that you did the research, they're going to understand that and be more receptive to even give you any more additional information beyond what you've given them. This is so good. This is so good. Do your research. All right, Neil. Do your research. <laughs> so what, what are some of the favorite tools you use to sort of systematically tap into your network, whether it's following up, nurturing, or even making first point of contact? Come on, man. It would be you. You're my number one uh, tool to use, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I mean, I think what what you do and what Catalyze does is, is, is a great supplement to a lot of the things that we should be using as sales professionals in our day to day. First off, you, you you need business BI tools, and I really think I personally used a couple of them. I think uh, Data.com is a great free tool. Um, Zoom Info is a, a really great tool with a l- bunch of great APIs that'll really nicely integrate into you know Salesforce and other tools that are out there. Um, you know, I there is definitely a ton of stuff in the AI stuff uh, world. I'm still maybe maybe I'm old school. I still 100% am not bought in on AI, but I'm continuing to do my research and due diligence to see what's best for the type of sale that I'm in. It's got to be super customized, otherwise they're just gonna delete. But um, I also think that uh, being able to appropriately set the cadences for your outreach. So you call one day, you email the next, you hit them on social media, just reminders and cadencing. I think sales loft is a super awesome tool or mm-hmm. serious insights. Um, I mean, I think sales loft has become the, uh, you know, the de facto tool that everybody uses. There's a bunch out there, but sales loft is really nice because it highly integrates and, and it's extremely easy and user-friendly. And if you are a sales professional and you don't have sales navigator for sales, um, for, for LinkedIn, you're, you're, you're behind the, you know, the eight ball there already. You got to get sales navigator because it just lets you see much, so much more exposure of the network. And then it links in to, to Salesforce, just creates this whole seamless, uh, selling environment. It's a good stack. All of those there. Awesome. Fascinating. So I know you, you're always reading something new and before we wrap up this conversation, what are you reading right now? Sure. So, you know, we're a fairly small company. And so we're always kind of trying to test new ideas and see what's, you know, what works, what doesn't. And so I'm always thinking, how can I do this and not disrupt life? You know, <laughs> one day for us could be it's a good yeah, way to do this. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, it's a small business and you only have so much to test things. So there's a book that's been up for not too long, um, but it's a, a book by Jake Knapp and it's called Sprint and how to solve big problems and test new ideas in just five days. And so this guy's from Google and it really gives a great idea is how can you really test ideas and see, you know, A, B test really to see if an idea is worthy. So especially if, you know, you have something that deals with marketing and sales, you know, we all live in our own separate silos, but you're trying to do something that brings them a little bit more cohesively together. Uh, this is a great book to be able to a, kind of teach you the process of how to A-B test. Um, and of course, you know, there's a 
you know, just being a small business too, we're always trying to find ways to use our resources uh, as best as possible. So I thought Nick Westergaard's book, Get Scrappy, is really cool. Uh, and it's all about smarter digital marketing. And so we're obviously, we're an interactive design firm and we live and breathe in the digital and digital. And we're, I'm always finding ways to try to, you know, better our social media presence, but do, do it without having to, you know, spend a billion dollars. And mm-hmm. so, uh, and of course, our partners appreciate that too. And then um, I'd mentioned this one to you. You said, ah, oh, it's a little bit old school. You know, I don't think that old school is necessarily a bad thing. I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact of the things that actually work. Um, there's a book out there. It's been around for a while. It's about how Salesforce scaled. It's called Predictable Revenue, Aaron Ross and Mary Lou Tyler. And one of the things that it talks about, and I think it's still absolutely imperative for businesses to think about in terms of growing the business, especially when marketing works with sales, uh, is you know you have to grow the business in three different ways. You got to plant seeds. You got to cast a wide net, and then you've got to be able to harpoon you know your A accounts. You know go after specific you know targeted people. And I think uh, this book really talks about that process and how to do it. And um, I, I I'm feeling it, even though it was written many years ago, it's still relevant as it as anything today. Yeah, fascinating. We're going to put the links to the resources in the show notes so everyone could have access to that. Um, so final question to you, Leo. Where can people learn more about you, connect with you, and of course, start meaningful conversations with you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can always feel free to visit uh, www.unifiedfield.com. And then at the about section, there's a contact for BizDev. You can certainly contact me there, or you can simply look me up on LinkedIn, uh, Leo Channing. And I am the VP of Strategic Partnerships at Unified Field. And, um, you know, biz dev, any kind of questions that you have around that or growing relationships, always feel free to field it. And, of course, uh, um, I appreciate it having me on for sure, man. Awesome. Thanks so much, Leo. Thank you for listening to the Art of Appointment Setting podcast with Kwesi Sachi Jinai. Find out more about how to get high-value appointments at Catalyze.io. And while you're there, check out the free resources for appointment setting. And be listening for the next episode of the Art of Appointment Setting podcast.